We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. I'm going to share live, too. Here we go, and we're live. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands Podcast. <laughs> How y'all doing, man? How's there? Let's let's go ahead and just start with a check-in, man. It's been nobody knows what time it is. Up is down, left is right, man. Everybody's lost all sense of just normalcy right now. So let's check in with folks, man. Let's start with Chris Stewart, brother. How you doing? My bad. As you was taking a sip, <laughs> my fault. Can't drink no water, Negro. <laughs> Get back to work. Is this like roots or something? <laughs> what are we doing? Who told you you could do that? Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. It was it was a long week. Um, uh, working from home and doing stuff from home was was it, fine. It was it was what it was. But it was also a week where I encountered some of them internet problems and them internet warriors that like to uh, dig through your trash and and try and dirty your name. So mm-hmm. so that wasn't the best part of the week. But whatever, man, it's good. It's good, bro. Got I'm you. blessed. Got you. That's cool. How about you, Sharif? How you doing, boss? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Uh, I felt like it was a little bit of a, a boxing ring up in this joint. Uh, the four-year-old and six-year-old collected dead bugs and put them on their sister's pillow. Sharif, I don't even feel bad for you. I, no, I really don't. I, I thought it was hilarious. Like for four year for a four year old and six year, I think I was like, you know, don't get upset. Like you should cherish the fact that they are they are working together, they are problem solving, they are cooperatively deciding, like, hey, we need to join together to get with this 14 year old. And they did it. Like I thought it was really dope. What is your life, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Ray, how you doing, boss? Yo, hey, bro, listen. With all due respect to you, Reef, that might be the dumbest shit I ever heard you say in my life. So <laughs> Which part you, was dumb? You giving props to your daughters who, first of all, don't listen to you ever. <laughs> and then secondly, collectively conspired to put bugs from outside, inside. And you up here telling them that that's okay. Not only did I say it was okay, well, I just say, you know what, like, that's not nice. But that was after I laughed, did a nice, hearty belly laugh for about five minutes. And I was also just, like, really impressed this morning over breakfast. You know, we we debriefed about it with the with the older daughters. Just like, wow, like, you got to respect them for that. Four and six. I was impressed. I got to say I was impressed. Reef, you're going to get somebody hurt. <laughs> you are gonna get somebody hurt. Uh, All right, so man, Charles, thank you for taking the uh, taking the lead, man, hosting the show, man. I, you oh, know, <laughs> is I that what I'm doing? You, you see how I just geared through that Gary Payton show, Kent? All right, it's because that's good. what your lineup looks like right now. Your lineup looks like something from the '80s, mid '80s, or whatever. I don't know what the hell you got going on with your hair, bro, but it ain't working for me. Ain't you bald and shining right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Listen, bro. I'm enjoying growing it out. I'm enjoying keeping a line on it. It look it look crazy because I ain't sponged it, but I'm I'm enjoying this little journey, fam. 
tell, so the you, what, you, tell, the people, tell the people what sponge means because you know sponge, that's sponge is when your hair grows out a little bit and you have one of these little things and it like curls it up or whatnot. So I've had waves since I was twelve. It's something new, and uh, and it's something that I want to introduce to Sharif because look had, at that. You had waves. Can, okay, let's continue. So, Chris, can you go ahead and put the, put the topic up, Chris? Yo, uh, I just never noticed them. It's naturally nappy, is what you're saying. I mean, I don't think it's nappy, brother. I just got good curly. I got that good curly hair, brother. It's just nice, me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be beautiful and luscious out here and all in my blackness. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris said before that, before the Aaron, y'all sounding mighty anti-black in this piece. No, that but was we gonna go. That was. Really, that was really, <laughs> but we got. We gonna go and we gonna start with this first topic, man. Um, Sean King, uh, and I'm gonna throw it to Chris because Chris knows him, but um, I'm just gonna pose the question. Sean King is somebody who started out, you know, pretty well respected around like police brutality and making sure that justice came for folks, and ran into a lot of controversy over the years. And as of late, seems like he's just been having just a bunch of issues, man. He was trending again for all the wrong reasons. So, Chris, can you kind of offer up a little bit of your of your friend that uh, has actually blocked you? So, uh, <laughs> but you, you can explain it better than I. Um, so, I, I don't know how to explain it except to say I woke up. Sean King was trending on Twitter. I looked up. I was like, well, what, why is Sean trending now? I, I, you know, so I click on it and it was it was just a stream of like turds coming down on him. It was just like a, a turd storm. He was like he, he, he like like no one was saying anything on his behalf. Good. And I still couldn't figure out what the issue was because people were so mad at him. Mm-hmm. Turns out he went to somebody's. Well, he did two things. He tried to do a fundraiser on something else inappropriate. I don't know what that is. One of y'all know what it is, but I don't know what that is. But he also went after a congressman on Twitter who said something about we need more test kits or we need more health. And Sean jumped in being a Bernie Sanders surrogate and said, uh, well, does that mean you're, you're for Medicare for all? Which is what they do to everybody who says anything about health who hasn't been for Medi- Medicare for all. So the congressperson responds back to him. I don't know why you you tweeted that like it's a gotcha. I'm the co-sponsor of the damn bill. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody was just like, and and hilarity ensued, right? Now, 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 I just want to, like, we'll talk about Sean, but I just want to say this about Bernie's camp. Bernie got Brianna and Sean and David Sroda, three of the most error-prone surrogates ever are his main surrogates for his campaign. So David Sroda. He, he, he's this just crazy, crazy progressive journalist who left his journalism job to go full time work with with Bernie. But they all three attack people all day long. That's all they do is attack, attack, attack. And then they say, I don't know why y'all so dumb to, to vote for somebody else. Mm. And it's kind of like because y'all y'all sound like like just to be real, y'all sound like mega people. Yeah, I was about to say. You sound like, but, like that but that ain't even the worst though. That's that's not, not even Trumpian. the worst, right? The, the most the most egregious part of it, man, was like when this cat, when when a, a man that he was trying to supposed to be working for got executed, and he put up a post, and the post was like, "I'm sorry, y'all, I was late. Like I didn't make it." But I got this book coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I need the I need these pre-orders. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like so tone deaf. And uh I mean, look, do I think that that brother is smart or, or got access? I mean, 
I think that he can play a major positive role at times, right? I think that I think right now, man, he I just feel like you know, you ever met somebody who just wasn't self-aware, like at all. They're just lacking in self-awareness. And I think it's just so egregious at this point. Um, maybe D Ray put a curse on him, man. I don't know. <laughs> D Ray, D Ray hit him with the to you do right by me. He hit him with the color purple. To you, to you right by me. Since then, bro, it's been bad. It's been bad since then. Ah, uh, that's that is sad. He hit him with the Whoopi Goldberg color purple. You gotta do the fingers. It's the <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you gotta shake the fingers a little bit. Do you do right um, by me? <laughs> so I mean, Sharif, what's your what's your thoughts, man? Like you know, what I'm saying you you kind of close to all the activists out here in this world. What's good? Yeah, I mean. I know him from the police brutality stuff. Right. And so, you know, I don't follow him closely, but, you know, like when things come up and he would, you know, what I knew him for was if somebody who, you know, got abused and it was like anonymity involved, that he would put it out there. And and my understanding, he was able to track people down. I don't know what happened with DeRay and, and him, uh, but I did see that one uh, where the, the brother was executed. And in that same as he was supposedly expressing his condolences was saying, buy my book, you know, like that, that bothered me a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. people are, are mourning. And in this same the very next sentence, it was like, yeah, he got executed. But by this. Like, I was just like, yo, what's the matter with the bro? And then y'all just told me a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't, um, that he was, he wasn't a uh, black man. I thought he was just a light skinned black guy. You know what I mean? So well, that, that's, that's still in dispute. It's debatable. That, that's oh, that's okay. in dispute on this podcast. The jury is still out. Okay. And not that, like, and I mean, and we yeah. say, like, even if yeah. he is white, like, we say, like, yo, get your people, like, they should be involved. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. It's just me, like, I haven't been following him that closely. Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry, he blocked you, bro. <laughs> but, but let me put this out there, too, because uh, you just mentioned DeRay. The, the thing, him and DeRay and, and Netta and the rest of the, the Ferguson crew or whatnot at one time were basically cool with each other. And a few things happened that we that the public doesn't all know about that we don't all know about. Well, shit, D-Ray did and, a, and a five-page letter on Medium about that's it. Where I was going. That's, where I'm go- that's where I was going with this. DeRay, DeRay, like, told the world, this is a cat you better look out for for integrity issues, right? And, and it's true. Sean seems to start something every five days, something new, like mm-hmm. a pack or an organization or a, a campaign uh, or a magazine, whatever it is. And they all require us to send him some money quick. Right. Like send five dollars for this magazine I'm about to do. Right. Send ten dollars for this pack that I'm doing. We're going to flip the Senate. Right. Um, and nobody ever does the forensics like where the money goes. Right. So DeRay warns y'all. Oh, wow. I just pulled that up. September 12th, 2019. First word, integrity. A movement is only as strong as its integrity. That's right. All right. I'm flagging this. I'm going to read this a little later. Thanks. This doing this long. Ray, what you think, bro? What is, you know, as our <laughs> resident Republican brother, what's his, what do you think? Yo, I think you get what you pay for. Yo, he's giving you what y'all advertise. Yeah, that dude is a goddamn charlatan. And it's like, I'm ashamed of y'all. Right, because <laughs> anybody else, why am I catching c- bullets for anybody for else that comes to the table with some crooked shit? Y'all mm. call it out, right? And y'all call it out with veracity. <laughs> and now it's like we sit up here tiptoeing around the fact that Sean King is an ambulance chaser <laughs> and he's a crook. So I don't, I yo, 
listen, when you tell me that uh, that you, uh, what is this, justice together, right? You okay. formulate justice together. You send out an email <laughs> sequesting uh, for someone to be a part of the board. They ask you questions about being on a part of that board. You then send out an email disbanding the board, take the board off of the website. But the crazy thing about it, and this is the kicker here, and I need y'all to follow this. People still sending money. They need a kick in their ass. <laughs> I don't know how I got like swooped up into like the 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 hit part of his crowd, uh, and nobody's even tiptoeing. I don't know what Ray's talking about. Is but I mean, look, man. First off, D Ray, Sean, either y'all, both of y'all together or separately, are welcome to come on the show. Wait, wait, wait. Not, yeah, no, you know, told him no, that. no, 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 no. We already we put that out there already, and it's direct. And, and I do want to say this. I want to say this for the record. I sent something to Sean and I sent something to DeRay saying, hey, we would love to hear, hear y'all uh, talk this out in a in a civil conversation on. Well, welcome to the podcast. Sean said he would di- do it and then never responded again after I, I asked him about it. Right. DeRay just I, I think wasn't interested because he's not interested in in anybody pretending like like they're equal, like they're on yeah. the same they're on the same planet. And I agree with that. Right. Ray's got a million followers. His integrity is still intact. He's doing his thing. He's living his best life. And he sure ain't re- got a million followers, too, bro. I mean, but Ray's got smart followers. Yeah, so you wait. Whoa. Wait You just got blocked. So now weren't you following him before? <laughs> well, I guess you said, I guess you said, if you block me, fam, it's all, all love. You know, whatever. It's lost. It's, it he is said, what it is. He said, I'm going. So the rest of y'all, you know, I, Brooke, I don't, he, he kicked out the good people, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, listen, bro. I don't listen. I don't know. I think that there is, um, I think with power comes a certain type of like attitude and I, I feel like when you feel like you the hotter you the flavor of the month type deal the month runs out you know what I'm saying and I think that you got to keep becoming new flavors of the month and that's why you got a new fun the, the, every the month what runs out what, what runs out <laughs> the flavor of the month right and sometimes did you, the, did you say month <laughs> he tries to be the flavor of the month bro he's okay. vanilla he's, he's okay. vanilla right. bean ice cream vanilla uh, bean ice cream I mean Listen, y'all, listen, this is the same group of brothers who have a problem with cancel culture. It sounds a little bit like cancel culture is going on. He canceled himself. I'm not, I'm listen, I'm not canceling him. Listen, man. Listen, I, I've, I just pulled up his page. The pin tweet is Christopher Kearney was arrested and charged for a crime he didn't commit it on December 2nd, 2017. Daniel Salkido was shot and killed while in a car. Chris didn't fit the description of the shooter, but was arrested by police anyway. Like it seems like but relevance. What I'm saying is, it seems like he's putting out there things that need to be need to be said about police brutality. Anybody yeah. can do that, Reef. So, so let me, so let me, let me, let me respond to that, Reef, real quick. Right? One. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said everybody can do it. What's the last time you you sent something out about? What he's saying power? is, is that and you Ray, in New York? Ray is saying that if he wanted to, he could go and repost that same thing and pin it the same way, right? Like, first off, I'm I'm not can I don't I don't believe in the cancel culture stuff. Let's just be. That's just I don't think he's canceled because I don't think that that shit is real. And y'all dumbasses keep sending him money. That's one, right? He not canceled because he 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 independent. He doing his own thing, right? Like that is what it is. <laughs> Two, I think 
what Ray's point is, and I don't need to speak for Ray. Ray is here, but it no, is making a mockery. But it's a, it's making a mockery of the things that he says that he stands for. Like it's like, yo, man, you do sound like an ambulance chaser at this point. You sound like when you say when somebody is executed, wrongfully executed, and dies. Yeah, that's and part. in the same tweet, in the same tweet, you acknowledge it, and you say in the tweet, "My bad, y'all. I couldn't. I was I was late." Like if you would have been on time, he'd still be alive, right? It's kind of a god complex, fam. And what I—it's not for me to cancel, but I think that there there are people out there that probably did really rock with him and like vouch for him, and now they're starting to get upset because he is embarrassing them. If you are a fan of his, you are kind of embarrassed right now. Uh. Like Reef, I was a fan of yours until you said that dumb shit. Until you said that dumb shit you just said. Yeah. And so now I'm not a fan of yours. You're canceled in my mind. So cancel culture is in full effect, and Good. we're gonna move on to the next topic. I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm like, Crystal, like, like you was about to answer though. Chris, Chris oh, about sorry, to sorry, sorry, well, before sorry, he sorry. does, like, like Chris said, I'm actually happy that you've. Unfollow me, bro. That's that's good. That's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> Wait, you said you'd be I'm, happy I'm, if, brush, if I unfollow you. Them, what they used to say: brush it off, brush brush them guys off. Oh, what was bro, it? Yeah, clown. Two thousand three. Two thousand three, bro. We need a we need a mute button like uh, on, uh around the horn. But Chris, <laughs> what, would you, what would you about to say? I'm laughing at Sharif doing that. I know, bro. He should not do any of this stuff. I don't know what's going on with him. What are you doing right now? I don't know, um, bro. He's samboing right now. I, I, I think I think Sharif has cabin fever. I think that it's it's like a mix between cabin fever and corona, right? It's like he's taking pictures of dead bugs. He's taking pictures of ashy feet. I don't know. What is happening is hey, no, hey, yo, and just, just well, that was playing. before Corona. Well, no, 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 don't even worry about it because it, it, yo, just because you're playing games with me right now, as soon as this broadcast is over, your feet is going out to the world. <laughs> I already put it out to the world. I, I'm, I'm putting it out again. No Ash, shame. Ashy Larry returns. Chris, can we get your thoughts around Sean, please? You've been trying to get it in. No, I haven't really, you know, I don't have a lot to say about it except for this. Like the thing that I wake up every day caring about is schools. I care about education. I care about our kids. I care about what they're saying, what they're seeing. And I really do care about activism. You know, I think activists do need to hold each other accountable. If you start getting a certain level of notoriety as a as an activist, um, I think you need to stay true. You need to keep looking like you hungry, like you are still out there fighting for the right. Because there's a point at which you become a celebrity activist mm-hmm. and the celebrity activists are, are killing us right now because because you know what they're doing? Well, you got to manufacture when you are a celebrity activist. This right? is a like, celebrity activist. What they're doing right now that I think is so, so messed up is that they're making other younger people want to aspire to be that kind of uh, activist. Yeah. Yes. Right. So so a young person sees that and says, I want to blow up and be like a Internet social media influencer like Sean or something like that. Now you got you Now you're duplicating phony activism. Right. Now, now you just like 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 growing the numbers of people that don't understand real activism. So what's the difference between Sean and Rachel? Rachel who? Dolezal? Mm-hmm. Are we back you, to the... You, you know where he was going. Mm-hmm. You know where he was going. Y'all back to this again. Bro, you got people just waking you know up. Just, just, me, just, just waking up. This. It's like, yo, what, is this, what is this energy right now? What she was in my... She, was on, she, she came to my Twitter because I said, I don't know why Sean blocked me on Twitter. And Rachel responded, because you mess with me. <laughs> what? 
what? Yeah, well, you know, her, and, her and Sean don't get along. I don't it's think that, they, that they, white they, on yeah. white crime, man. That white on white crime got to stop. Listen, white on white crime is tearing America apart. I'm just telling you for a fact that Rachel Dolezal is blacker than Sean King. That's my hot take. That's my hot take tonight. And don't get no hotter than that. That's my hot take. We need to move on. As we transition to the next topic, listen, man, Rachel, Sean, uh, DeRay, any of y'all, if y'all want to come on and have this conversation, let's have it, right? Like, I mean, I don't believe in the cancel culture, like you said, Sharif. I think that, like, I think that the brother actually is smart and has something to offer, but I think it's exactly what Chris said. When you fall into being a celebrity um, ambulance chaser, you got to have things have to continue to happen for you to have an existence. Right. And so sometimes you got to manufacture stuff. So it, it, it don't look good, man, but I think he can, he can bounce back. It is what it is. Cause I don't think people have the attention spans to actually cancel somebody. Uh, next topic. Well, uh, as oh, you know, as we, the talk, the topic is here, how dare de Blasio ask teachers to work during spring break. But I just want to put a bookmark on something, Rachel, if you are listening to this, you are invited, but you should not come on this show with these dudes. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, as your friend, as your friend, I'm telling you, do not come on this podcast with these dudes. Rachel. Right? No. Don't do it. Rachel, look at these faces. Anyways, how dare dare de de Blasio? Right. Everybody smile for Rachel. Come on, Rachel. Right. How dare de Blasio (laughs) ask teachers to work during spring break? During spring break, Ray, this is your topic, I think. Bro, so, so, so yeah, why is it why it is it important? What's it, what's so, important about it? So there is no time like the present in which kids need stableness. Kids need to be able to see their teachers daily, even if it's not all day, even if it's just for a little bit, so that they can have stable interaction with their with their teachers. And so right now we're at the point to where. We're asking folks to come on and give their spring break up with the potential of getting that time back in the future, right? And so I get it. You have your own kids. You have your own things that you need to do. You know, you probably have cabin fever. You probably want to take a walk. You probably want to do all these other things and whatnot. But there's a level of selfishness that exists in the teacher ranks. And I I know people probably want to eat me up in the comments, but right now this ain't about y'all. This is about these kids, Right. And so for me, if I'm a teacher in New York City, I gladly give my time up in order for me to be able to provide a stable life for my students. These students get the shaft all the time. I'll give you an example for my own school. Right. Like I've never seen my teachers work as hard as they're working right now doing online learning. Right. Because they come to school and they coast. But right now, they have to work. And you see it in New York City. They now have to work. They don't want to work. They don't never want to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this is what you see right now. I right? am. And this Damn. is why you say, oh, oh, they're taking us spring break from us. All oh, this, all oh, that. You got kids out here. They losing their parents. They lose they, they all kind of shit. Y'all need to stand up for these students. For five days, because y'all don't do shit else for the hundred and seventy six other days that y'all go to work. <laughs> but for these five days, five days, yeah, y'all need to show up for these New York City kids. Word. <laughs> so let me Word. just say, Ray, I love you to death. Um, this is Ray's comment. I got your back, Ray, mm-hmm. when you get jumped. 
Uh, we talking about our ass meat. I don't necessarily agree. Uh, Ray had a hot take right there. So first off, Ray, I, I feel the emotion. You didn't really explain what happened, but I think we can kind of take some context clues around what I think is happening. So it sounds like de Blasio is requesting teachers to engage students over spring break. And there's some there's some issue with that. Is that is that is that what we're debating? You're correct. You're correct. sir. OK, cool. So, uh, Chris, I see a, a, a look on your face and I'm going to let you go ahead. brother. I mean, uh, he said it all. He, he just he got as passionate as anybody needs to get about this issue. The thing that I think is really important, important to say is it's not just New York. Like school districts everywhere are having to strike deals with their teachers. This is just a weird situation that we're in. Like there's no we haven't done this before. Like have all your teachers go home and have to be contacting their kids and teaching virtually on platforms that they hadn't been using before. Mm -hmm. Having to migrate everything, like all their lesson plans, all their materials, everything that they had planned to stand and deliver with. Uh, uh, migrate that into digital stuff right now. And plus, you know, like everybody keeps saying they have kids at home themselves. So, I mean, it's just in L.A., I saw L.A.'s a leaked document from L.A.'s teachers union of what they were demanding. And they were demanding a lot of like, we will still get paid for all the special stuff that we do, but we won't have to do it. (laughs) It was like, you know, they used to get paid for certain meetings that they would attend and they were asking to not have to attend those meetings, but to still get the stipend for going to the meeting. It was like stuff like that. Um, Listen, I I mean, teachers are people. (laughs) Teachers are people, bro. Like, you know, I'm Ray. I'm right there with you most of the time. But uh, in this situation, you know, we we picking on New York, the Blasio, because they're easy to pick on. But this is coming to a district near you. If anybody listen to this, this this will be your problem, too. Uh, uh, Sharif, what are your thoughts? And and Chris, it's a lot of comments, brother. So you got some clicking. (laughs) Go ahead, uh, Sharif. Uh, what what what's your thoughts on this? I'll give mine after yours. Yeah, well, I mean, one, I think Ray sounds like a drunk uncle. I don't have any drunk uncles, <laughs> but he sounded like he sounded like one. Um, just going crazy. Get off my lawn. Get to work. Blah, 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 blah. You know, like I one, I think that this is during unprecedented times. I think that what what it should mean is that you, um, you know, because it was just a whole lot of generalizations and nobody, no teachers work in the entire New York. Like it's a million students in New York. None of them have any good teacher. Like they all just bums like that. I don't I don't buy all of that. Right. But I, I do think that these are unprecedented times. I think what would have if I was I was trying to think about this, if I was a superintendent, I would try to negotiate like a, a change to the calendar. Like this is a this is a, a a time that we've never experienced before, at least not since 1918. Um, and so how can we look at the calendar? How can we do things differently? How can we continue to engage students? How can we serve? Right. Like at the end of the day, as an educator, at least the way that I've always looked at it is like we are here serving the community. And so. How do we put them first, even during these times? Yes, even when I have a child, like I had a child when I was sacrificing time anyway as an educator. So to keep harping on, oh, I have a child, I have a child is not the right thing. And I believe, as you said, the humanity, just also respecting the humanity and saying like, okay, what does this look like? Everyone's in this uh, this different phase, this different space, mentally, emotionally, physically. How do we do this? And so I, I would 
if I was a superintendent, I would say like, hey, let's relook at this calendar and let's see how we could do this differently. Okay. See, see, two of y'all drinking, and, and that's probably <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Now, let me just let me just run through the comments a little bit because we have several comments that right. uh, that revolve around <laughs> self care. So right. we have people saying stuff like, you know, teachers need self care. Um, uh, Michelle is is got a longer comment there that I think basically adds up to she, it's not like teachers are saying they don't want to do any work. It's not like they just don't want to work. They they do want to work, but it, the stuff that they're using right now, the technology, having to log in and, and having to do this over spring break when nobody's going to really show up, this isn't really working out um, as easy as everybody thinks it is. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so, so let's just uh, um, be clear on the fact um, well, you shake your head, Ray. Well, tell me what you what you're shaking your head about. It's, it's harder um, to effectively teach online than it is to show up to class and teach in person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. now you really have to engage those students. Now you really have to work, or you have to facilitate in a manner in which the kids still do the heavy lifting, but it mm-hmm. can't be the normal boring shit See, you do all the time. Yeah, Michelle when, says when did Michelle people get training for that. Hold when on, did y'all. Get Hold on. Michelle says just ask teachers to take care of kids. Many of us will step up. There's no reason to bully people. Mm. See, bro, you came off like a bully. Thank you, Mich- thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank well. you, Michelle. So, hey, Mich- Michelle, don't you ever apply to my school, man? <laughs> <laughs> I so like Michelle. Michelle, Michelle we got like love for you. And Michelle, and, and Michelle, you keep coming. We appreciate you. So here, here's here's how here's my take on it. Right, I'm thinking. I'm looking at this in two ways. One, let me start with Ray. Right, Ray is an administrator, a damn good administrator, who's also had like to deal with stuff before and has to do different negotiations. And, and, and as somebody who's worked at the highest levels of public education, there are conversations that I think certain folks are privy to that the general public is not. Also, mm-hmm. Ray is a New Yorker. Like Ray is like an East Coast aggressive guy. I don't think even he th- thinks that he's being like aggressive right now, right? So I'm looking at that on like uh, somebody who I who I know loves his teachers and is a friend and is a, is a damn good like boss. On the other side of this, right, like if I just heard that without that context, it sounds like there's a lot of people that's working really hard right now. Like and I think this goes back to the comment that I said last time is I think as educators, our job is to provide the digital apparatus for kids to continue learning. And what happens in that home with their parents and if that actually happens is a different conversation. Right. But I think our job as educators is to make sure that the stuff is there. So. Wait, let me put a caveat. Let me put a caveat real quick because okay. I see I see I see the comments, right? So here's what I want to say. Get them, y'all. Get them. Get Charles, thank uh-huh. you for that. Thank you for that plug because mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm a fair person that people report to, right? Mm-hmm. This is not to those that go to work every day, do their job, love doing their job, or whatever. This is not for y'all. This is for those people that says, Well, my union and my union. And every word that comes out of their mouth is something about my union and not my kids. Right. How the kids are doing. Right. But I think, but I think you, but you have to, you have to make that distinction. Right. I think yeah, yeah. because again, like we have all the, the four of us have been privy to conversations that education civilians, that's people that don't work in education have never seen. They don't know what negotiations look like. Right. Like I've worked, I've seen negotiations where teachers and a school said, we want to do Saturday school. We want to extend the day. And the union told them that they couldn't do it. Right. Like, so like the general public don't understand those things. Right. But now I will say to like there, 
to there are some folks if you're doing the best you can keep doing it or whatever i don't know what the mandate is for you as a teacher but i do want to draw in another profession though because one thing that we do allow is like we do allow p- teachers all the time to say they got the hardest job in the world and, and and all that stuff and i think that that's one of the feelings that array is having right now as somebody who is seeing nurses and doctors rally together and like rewrite their wills and like make different living situation plans during this crisis, I can see how a nurse could be like, wait, you don't want to log on to Zoom and talk to students during spring break while I'm kissing my family goodbye and I won't see them until this tragedy is over, right? Like, so- And even when I do see them, I can't even talk to them, touch them, hold them, nothing. but I, but I think, but all I'm saying is I get, I get your point, but if, if there's a lot of people that I'm seeing in this, cause we haven't used this platform, but once, right. And there's a lot of people that ain't never heard this, this podcast before. So there's a lot of context <laughs> that needs to be laid. Right. Uh, but I will say, and I, and I'll put, I'll put whatever on this. Like I'll stand with, with, with my brother, regardless of who comes at him. I got you, Ray. Ray is a damn good, like educator, a damn good boss in that space. I think that a little bit of, the personal feelings that you've had in negotiations with unions and union talk and union union rhetorical answers that you get back. Mm-hmm. That was what a lot of what that that answer was kind of filled in, you know. So let me let me do a comment yeah. break real quick here. Our yes. sister Visha Hawkins in Nashville says, <clears throat> I understand educators on this forum responding defensively. But in my city, which is Nashville, I've heard from too many parents and grandparents who had not heard a peep from their schools after two weeks of closure. Mm. Um, and that could be an administrative problem, I think, or a board problem or a district problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't all go on, on teachers. Um, listen, you know, I, I give teachers a hard time about a lot of stuff. But what I realize in conversations like this, that's really important to point out is if you have a good teacher who does the thing every day and is doing building relationships with families every day and is reaching out and getting the stuff they need. And then they hear a conversation like this. Um, Somebody's got something playing in the background, but but then they have, then they have a conversation. They hear a conversation like this. They take it personally because you're saying that in a, in a room where they exist as a good teacher. But what I don't think that they hear Ray, like you're your administrator, you see more teachers. Like they they see their one classroom and a few of their colleagues, mm-hmm. right? A district sees all the teachers. Right. And in total, like teachers like to pull this, well, teachers, and then put in something that's like universal. We all think the same way. Or we all act, we all want the best for kids. And this is what I have to say to my really good teachers. When I give teachers a hard time, it's hard for me to say this, but I'm not talking about you if you are not the one who's doing what I'm saying, but you have to realize that you have colleagues who have no business teaching, who should not be in classrooms. And if you can't admit that about your colleagues, that's where we start having a problem. Mm-hmm. And and just, and, and, and Chris, people do love when they get to see their comments. So you go ahead, I'm gonna let you light up the screen, brother. Uh, Cause that, <laughs> they, they definitely keep commenting. So um, that was, that that one took a turn. Okay, Ray, I see you, brother. Good, good, good job, right? I'm, I mean, Ray, he went nuts. He he I, went nuts on him. You know, let me get let me give let me get Ray some props though, right? Because Ray Ray is the Republican on here and tends to have some hot takes. And then I know for a while it's like I'm about to interrupt and get on and 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 like go at Charles and and Reef, but. I, 
I want to hear more of your thoughts. I think that like actually sharing your thoughts from your perspective, I think as an administrator who's actually had some real beef, who's actually had to go through some type of legal litigation mm-hmm. around this stuff and has back, like been attacked in certain ways. I do think that it's really important that you share those experiences. Right. Because one, this is our podcast community who loves us and got our back. And two, we take for granted the type of experience that we got in this space. Most people will never, ever, ever know what it sounds like between district and union negotiations. They will never know. And I think Chris can speak to that as well as a board member who has talked about his utter shock. And Chris, Chris and Ray, actually, why don't we give you all some space as Chris is sharing all these comments? Let me give you let's give you all some space to actually in less than a minute, just share what some of those like that, where that tension might be coming from. Let's okay, bring so, our world, so bring these people into our world. Yeah. So, so we've, we've had these conversations before, right? And I want to put out there that A Black Ants is not anti union, not an anti union podcast. We're not, like we're not an, an anti teacher. Well, well, not fully, not fully. Okay. So we're not, okay. we're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not yeah. an anti teacher yeah. podcast. Right. And so, but do, what I do want to say is this you have a lot of teachers that do this work and they do it for the wrong reasons. Right. This is not a job. When I stepped into teaching, because I'm one of those ones that has the experience of being in the classroom for several years. And then there was an upward trajectory in terms of um, of my plight to become a superintendent of charter school. Right. And so I put in the work. And so when I walk into a classroom, I'm able to see a good instruction. It doesn't matter if you teach physical education or if you teach a physical science. I know what good education is. I know if you're able to motivate students. I know if you're able to make connections with students. And a lot of folks that come to that classroom, they forget about that connection piece with students. And that's the most important part, because if these students don't like you, and they don't respect you, they're not going to work to their maximum capacity in order to learn. And that's what we're there for. Right. And you got a lot of people that walk into black folks too, black teachers too. I'm not letting y'all ass off the hook because when y'all get into that front of that class and y'all saying things that y'all think Mm -hmm. people don't hear Mm -hmm. and that parents don't know you're saying like, I got my paper. I got my, I got this. I got that. You got to get yours or whatever. That's killing kids. <laughs> That's killing kids. Yeah. Y'all are killing kids. Right. Wow. So wow. in terms of um, union negotiations, I have the fortunate ability to be able to talk to my teachers, ask them what they want, and then work my ass off to get them what they want, because I know they deserve to be paid because teachers do deserve to be paid. But the thing that I don't like about teaching and the thing that I never did when I was a teacher, mm-hmm. that whining shit, <clears throat> that's got to go. OK, Ray, but but let me just say this. Let me say this, because you, you you and I are probably the, the two people on this podcast that might give teachers the hardest time on a regular basis. But my, my feedback to what you just said is nobody has been in this situation before that we're in right now. Right. OK, it's a president time. This is this is a first time for everybody to have a national lockdown. And this is why I'm not going to blame teachers because te- teachers, number one, didn't start a pan- pandemic. Teachers didn't elect a president who doesn't know how to get test kits and, and told the whole country that it was a hoax. Teachers okay. don't have everybody locked down in their house under fear that they might die if they go to the store and just touch something. Right. Teachers didn't do that. So that whole schools have to be closed down now. They didn't make it so that they have to scramble to figure out what they're going to do with their own kids while they're also trying to 
learn to teach in a brand new way all of a sudden. So this is what I'm going to say about this. This one's not the teacher's fault this time around. This one's all of our fault if we don't step up and do the job. If we don't step up and do a good job as a community, as parents, as uh, other people, because kids, it, it can't just be on teachers right now. Okay. It can't be. You have your child at home, right? What are you doing for your child? Are you teaching at home? Are you connecting with the resources that are out there? This is a situation where I'm going to say to parents, right? As much as I like to put on teachers when they have your kids for six to eight hours a day, that's different now. Now these kids are in your care. And you better be working with your district and your principals and your teachers to figure out how you're going to patch together an education for your kids. If you try and do the blame the teachers thing right now, it's just not going to work because this is really more than unprecedented time. Like no one has a guidebook for this. Right. Yeah, you're right. And so here's one of the things that I've learned as an administrator. Right. What I've learned from having to transition from a uh, brick and mortar uh, in-person approach to an online teaching platform is that number one, my kids are hella engaged. Mm. Some of these teachers saying like the levels of participation in these classes during the online platform is more than they've ever seen in person. So that's the first thing, right? And so what I'm going to do in order to capitalize off of this momentum is that my summer program for the bottom 20% of my students is going to look similar to what my online program looks now. We are going to Take this momentum and we're going to touch the bottom 20 percent of our kids and we're going to try to put a dent in the summer learning curve. Mm -hmm. How many administrators are out that are thinking forward like this? None. And you know why they're not? Because the union won't allow them to do that. This union wants us to run in place when it comes down to black and brown kids. I mean, do they really need the union, though, to do certain things like yes. I mean, it just I mean, really? Yeah, really, I mean, honestly. Well, well, you know what? Let me, let me, Chris, let me actually add to, to what Ray mm -hmm. is saying, right? Because I have some friends that are teaching in different states and they got specific instructions that they can't text their kids. They can't call their kids. Like, like they didn't want them that they, they really mandated the level of which no, they could actually engage them. And then yeah. some teachers have just said, like, fuck it, I'm going to be rogue and just do it, right? Like, and mm -hmm. just whatever. But they, there are, there are various teachers that I know that have been threatened uh, if they actually engage with their students, because I mm. think people are trying to like unions are trying to negotiate and bargain and kind of, you know, figure this out. Cause again, this is uncharted territory. There is no guidebook right now and mm. it's the wild, wild West. But here's the thing about the wild, wild West. The same as when America catches a cold, baby, black kids get the fucking flu and the people that will be hurt the most are our most vulnerable young people. And that's black and brown kids. That is kids with special needs and IEPs. Right. So like this is the time where we need smart people to actually be smart and put young people first. And that looks a lot of different ways. So I appreciate you bringing the conversation the way that you did, Ray, uh, and letting us open up on it. Well, I, you know, let's let's add a complication here, which is just in those cases, in some states, the reason that teachers aren't allowed to teach and they're not allowed to reach out is because there's been a fight over special education. There's been a fight whether or not you can move the kids online if you can't get uh, some kind of way to teach the kids, teach the kids that need special services. And, and that's still up for grabs right now. People are still, you know, fighting that out. But but I just want to keep saying 
um, let's not put this on teachers this time around. Like I, I, I'm really like, you know, in this podcast, I give teachers unions a hard time. Um, but my teachers, I'll just put it out there. My kids go to a regular district assigned school, neighborhood school um, that's not doing very well. And our teachers are outstanding right now. The teachers that, that we have working uh, with my kids actually have worked their asses off to get the get the lessons trained, work around all the rules, work around all like get my kids onto different platforms. And, you know, I got more than one. I got multiple kids. So um, in the case in the case of all of them, it's not just one teacher. In the case of all of them, the teachers have been doing some work. So, mm-hmm. yeah, makes I sense, mean, man. Yeah. I mean, I would just keep emphasizing like, you know, how different these uh, these times are. Right. And I would say like, you know, when and I get it, I, you know, I just I was just left a principalship and what and as, as I'm watching with like what Mastery Charter is doing and and the engagement that they're trying to push and and not not just the academic, but just trying to make sure that kids know that they are still there and just finding different ways on social platforms to uh, connect with with students, um, even though they're going to be on spring break next week, they're still and the city is as well, like still, oh, we have to still feed our children. Right. And mm-hmm. and somebody texted me today and is like, why is that always just on the schools? And I agree with them. It shouldn't just be on schools. It's just this is a citywide thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the schools have the money and, and right. And they get reimbursed for feeding. Right. And so that they are the ones, the engines to do this. Um you know, so I, I think it's just this is a whole new world. And I, I think that people are going to have to try to figure things out. There's not going to be this blueprint that's already there and it's not mm-hmm. going to be a blueprint that comes. here. I think different people are going to try to innovate in different ways and see what sticks. I think, you know, teachers are going to try different things every week almost mm-hmm. to figure it out. You know, my, my daughter's in kindergarten, the other one I have in eighth grade and, and one is senior, like they're, all their teachers are, are, are sending materials, keeping them engaged and, you know, and doing things. And me as a parent, I have the luxury of also just, saying like, hey, here's all the things I wanted to try to do, you know, or I had time or the things that I would cram in on the weekends, you know, now do it. we just have carte blanche to do it, right? Like, with, you right. know, with my children. So I think, you know, you made a great point about just, uh, but so like the, our superintendent, right? They wanted to do uh, some things online. So they had to, they had to purchase 50,000 Chromebooks, right? Because this was not something that was in the playbook uh, before. Mm-hmm. This was not in the budget, right? Like they mm-hmm. 50,000. And then you had some teachers like, all right, yeah, I'm going to get those out. We're going to volunteer. And some were like, yo, I'm not trying to get sick. I'm not, I'm not coming outside. Right. You got the mayor saying and the governor saying it's shut down and the superintendent is like, Hey, I got 50,000 computers who can help mm-hmm. us distribute them. Right. So it's complex and complicated as far as like people's responses. Right. Yeah. And you, and you know, so when we talk about like the general, I, I'm never a person who says, you know, I was on the building committee when I was in the school, I quit because some of the nonsense that was there, right? And every teacher that I know right now, um, there. Uh, let me say this. I have a lot of teacher friends who are absolutely saying, I'm coming out of teacher chat rooms because it is so toxic and I hate what they're saying about children, mm. right? And I'm like, yo, they were always saying that kind of stuff, but now it's it's kind of, you know, concentrated but, even more, I right? Mean, we got teachers saying, I am coming out of these chat rooms because of this kind of... Um, you know, because of the nonsense and the and the just the 
the the toxicity that's, that's mm-hmm. happening. So I, I think we have to encourage, we have to motivate, we have to inspire. Part of teaching, part of leading is the inspiration. And so I think as, as leaders of districts and schools, you have to continue to try to inspire not just the students, but your teams. Right. And that's what that, that's what this team is all about. Look, but I want to keep it all the way real, though, too. Right. And I mean, Chris says this a, a lot more elegantly than I do. Um, and he has a, a better follow up to it. So I just want to acknowledge that before I say this. But like, what else do you need to see for when I say that we are on our own? Like, what what else do you need to see kind of happen? Right. Like people show you who they are in times of tragedy and times of like duress right and so when we look at this there here let me give it let me give some advice to schools and to teachers and administrators right and i'm gonna show love to administrators because i don't think we actually we talk a lot about teachers we don't talk about administrators that's actually fighting to have the best teachers in classrooms and get rid of bad teachers who probably know better than we do right right now is a very critical moment for educators in this country because if people figure out that there are alternatives and that there are things in addition that they can do than go into brick and mortar schools. And like, there are programs that can happen. And some of these programs, not all, not many, maybe. Right. But there will be some programs that's going to be more effective than like a person in some levels. Like this is the time where people get to kind of show their worth. And I'm saying this again, I'm saying this to somebody who is like working in hospitals right now. And like, them, them nurses right now, man, like our nurses are also in unprecedented territory. Like our, we have people who are negotiating like and like making a pledge where they can lose their life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think to administrators points and to and to and to um, to raise point, this is a time for educators to kind of step up in that space as best as they can. You know what I'm saying? Because what you don't want to have happen <laughs> is that some parent is like, oh, shit, this this other platform that I'm using and, and the homeschooling thing that I'm using and the and the shared learning that I'm doing with my neighbors is actually better than such and such prep. That's going to be an issue. I promise you when this is over, I don't know how it's going to look, but it's going to look different. Things are changing and you adapt or you die. I'm going to let Damn, you know, like he I said, said, adapt or die. And, wow. and, and I mean, Industries have changed before. Like we got to yeah. stop acting like industries are. This is not dinosaurs and fossils, right? Yeah. Like the thing that that good government job. When when people see that there are some inefficiencies that they can kind of loosen up and tighten up and fix. Yeah. Like people not going to pay for things in the same way that they did before. And some parents who are constantly fight. I had a parent talk to me today that just read my book and talked about how she always had to go up and fight for her kid. Cause they kept suspending him. They kept putting him out because they wasn't like paying attention to him or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of black and Brown parents who have to constantly fight with schools for their kid, they black boy or girl that's being constantly suspended. If they find something different and better, People not coming back. And the name of the game for this system is ADA. And I'm just letting folks know, right? Like every parts of our lives are going to look very, very different. So mm-hmm. I will let Chris say that in a much more elegant way. Um, but I also just wanted to show some love to administrators. We yeah. talk about teachers a lot and we usually focus on teachers and we don't really talk about principals and administration who have been teachers and are now trying to manage these systems and actually look at the quality of teaching that's happening that actually look at 
who's good to, who's good at teaching who's bad right because we can act like it and we say these blanket statements but there are teachers man i had an ap english class and all we got was packets and that lady every time we brought that up talked about how she got her degree and she gonna get paid regardless right there are a lot raise your hand in the comments if you've ever heard an educator say i got mine so I just wanted to show some love to okay. our administrators who have to figure this stuff out. Well, and you know, one of our next uh, topics that we wanted to talk about is with the COVID, you know, having COVID-19, the virus that is out there, having its deadliest days. Um, and are we taking it serious yet? Are we taking it serious enough? This conversation that we just had makes me feel like we still don't know that the worst is still could still be yet to come and that we're not working all this out and going back to our normal anytime soon. So it's not just up to teachers right now. It's not on their shoulders to, to if we are taking this serious with parents like Charles, this is what I, I really agree with, with what you just said. I think what parents are going to learn is the depth of their responsibility for their children. Cause now they're going to have them full time and they're going to have them at home. Right. Right. to learn some things about their kids. And, and I think some of the things they're going to learn are going to make them want those schools to open back up and take those school, take their kids back to those schools. Right. So let's be prepared for that too. You know, parents are going to learn a lot of things, but Ray, you made this topic about, are we taking it enough, taking COVID serious enough? I, my answer to that is no, I don't think we are scared enough for what we're facing. I don't think we are. I don't think we are terrified enough uh, about what's really going down right now. So Picking on teachers right now or, or small populations of the school systems or whatever, right. when we have this global situation throwing everybody um, into into disarray. I don't know that we're taking it serious yet. OK, <clears throat> I got another hot take. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Bruh, <laughs> bruh, bruh, yeah. I'm yeah. hype right now. OK, These goddamn black folks need to stay their asses inside. They're not taking this serious and people are going to fucking die because they're not taking this serious. Why are you yeah. saying black people? Yeah, why are you blaming on the black people? First off, right? You're from Newark. Uh, <laughs> West, West Philly all day. I baby. want you to know West that. I want you to own that. I'm just, mad. I'm just glad it ain't me arguing with him. This is what I okay. own. This is okay. what I own right here. Uh, all right, West Newark. All right, so, <laughs> so, so here's what I'm going to say. Black folks naturally are inclined to have to congregate with one another, right? We gotta be in people's faces. We can't just be independent. We can't just stay at our house. We gotta go into the Oakland parks, throw barbecues, do all this other kind of shit. Why are you saying we? Like, don't include up in those we. I'm not at you, Lake Merritt. You, you're right. Trying to give nobody some but, disease. But the people that are out doing that shit. I yeah. speak to my hometown. Yeah. I speak to Covington, Louisiana. I'm looking on Facebook and I'm seeing people take a walk, taking walks and whatnot. And they're not practicing social distance. And I'm saying to myself, you stupid motherfuckers, y'all are in the epicenter. <laughs> In the new epicenter, <laughs> and you're not practicing social. You want to fucking die. You want to fucking die. Can I, listen, can I just applaud? Listen, I don't necessarily agree with Ray's take, but I. I don't but, but we have pushed. We've pushed Ray about not just in, not just interrupting and not just being a troll. Ray is giving us all his thoughts today, and so Ray, for that, I applaud you. 
Um, I'm going to let these other folks answer. Uh, we're going to go to you first, Sharif, because I want to get my thoughts together. And Chris got a whole lot of comments that he got to put on the screen. So uh, we, we <laughs> have to get all the comments on the screen. Not all the comments. We got to try, we've been, man. We've been cycling through them. You acting like you acting like we haven't. But we, we oh, no, no, no. You're doing them. a great job. I yeah, just saw yeah, 20 yeah, more uh-huh, just come yeah. through. Just, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, we're doing it's it. A, see, it's see, Sharif, see how the young people be? See how the young people be on the show? I see it. I see it. Reef. Ages. If you if you ever want to see ageism, you should just listen to the That's show, right. the pre-show or the post-show, especially. See, Reef, but, uh, you didn't want to smoke. I got you now. <laughs> now I got you. Reef. It's all good. Wait till right. I get my turn. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think well, first of all. I know I've seen pictures of black people, but I know that my circle is mostly black. And so that's who's posting pictures. I don't know if if white people in West Virginia are not hanging out and doing things like that. So I I always cringe when people, you know, I I push back on generalizations, particularly those that may have some kind of, uh, you know, racial tone to it uh, around the generalization of black people just have to be, you know, they they can't stay away from each other at all. Like, I, I don't buy it. I think human beings are social creatures for the most part, mm-hmm. and they tend to congregate. They tend to miss each other. They tend to want to reach out. I think coupled that with uh, there's a lot of skepticism. You know, I was talking to my my 18 year old uh, today and and I was just asking her like uh, around her friends, what are they thinking about all of this? And one of the points that she raised was there's just a lot of skepticism, uh, one, because of who's in office, two, because of all of the mixed messages from leaders across the country that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And, there, you know, we spoke about this a couple of shows ago, the lack of leadership. And you see, like recently, Florida said everybody stays home. But previously, the governor didn't say that. So how do and all the and all the the folks that I saw congregating, at least that were sent to me, were white kids on spring break in Florida. It wasn't Douglas, just black. Douglas Tim is, is agreeing with you here. He's saying white people are hanging out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Douglas Tim agreeing with you um, here. Here's what's important that I think we should say at this point, like right now. Wait, 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 is, wait, 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 is, wait, wait. This is what I think we should say that is important right now. <laughs> Um, it is coming out within the last couple of days that people should be paying attention to whether or not when you disaggregate the data about who's getting the coronavirus, if black people are more likely to get it than everybody else. And the answer to that, you know what the answer to that is, right? Oh, it's yeah. a yes. Hell it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a hell, hell yes. Hell yeah. But people... But, but, but it's, not race, being, it's racism. But people are not being forthcoming about the numbers and they're not getting scientific about the outcomes right now. So this isn't being reported enough. This is only coming out in the last few days uh, right. that this is even an issue. And 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 um, and and the fact that so many black folks are in work where they cannot yes. just be staying Thank at you. home, shelter Thank in space. They, right. We are dis, disproportionately in work. That doesn't allow you to just be at home, just chilling. Right. Exactly. And not everybody has restrictions on evictions. Right. Not every city is doing that right now. You still can be evicted right now. So we're at special. We got a special situation. It's not that everybody wants to hang out at Lake Marriott or Lake Merritt. Like like Charles, you sent me pictures of people doing that. And those were white folks, too, by the way, uh, that you sent the picture. Oh, of. But, I, but there was a side yeah. show. Yeah. And the side yeah. show was all black people. Side shows is where people take cars and they do donuts and do all that stuff. It was a good 40 something that was out yeah. there doing that. But, but that's- so, Ray, what were you going to say, man? You were, gonna, you were jumping in there. Bro, black folks are susceptible to diabetes. 
which is a precondition that COVID attacks. Uh Mm. Black folks are susceptible to high blood pressure, which is also a pre-existing condition that COVID attacks. And asthma. All of the, and and asthma. Black folks are susceptible to being asthmatics due to the fact that they live in poor living conditions, Mm. some lead poison, like like in the 80s or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? With like poor living conditions being exposed to lead-based paint and all these other things. So black people are probably more susceptible to this disease as poor folks usually are. And who's going to be the guinea pig for the goddamn vaccines? It's going to be the poor. Right? And so I know we only got like one minute, bro. I say we come back on. God damn it, come back on. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I mean, here, here's why are you I'm angry, like, bro? You angry? You just but here, angry. But here, here's what I was saying. This is what I've been hearing in my You're community with cabin fever. Here's yeah, the one. I way, here's what I know. It's that wine. You should put that brand that you're drinking. So here's what I you drink that magic tonic every every episode from now on. That's how you podcast. You podcast like that from now on. But um, <laughs> but here's the thing that I think that a lot of black folks are dealing with, and and because I've had conversations about it. Listen, man, black folks, there was violence and drugs in the seventies. There was crack in the eighties and the nineties, and all kind of crime, right? Like, there are a lot of people in our community that have always lived with some type of imminent threat, right? And just learned to live their life with it. The other thing is. Like a lot of the jobs that the black people that I know are non-essential jobs, like a barber or like somebody that has like a shop. Right. So like I'm trying to make sure I put money in my private like and, and, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I put money in my local small businesses because they don't want to take out a loan, a small business loan, because that's another bill that they got to kind of handle. Right. Like there's nobody coming to save them. Right. So I think that some I, and I do think that some people feel like this stuff is overblown. But here's the point that Chris made earlier. Look at our president. Right. Like you have when you have a president, the highest office in the land in the richest country ever saying that it's a hoax to start off with. And then you got people saying, well, it's a conspiracy for uh, G G five or whatever five mm-hmm. G, you know, and all these things, right? Like we are people that don't trust government, don't often trust like the medical community because like we've been injected with shit before, you know what I'm saying? Tuskegee, right? Like we are naturally like distrusting of this stuff. And when you don't have solid sources on this, I mean, Ray, you are a highly educated person and you also live in a zone one area. Like if you live in that, it's very different right now living in New York than it is living in the Bay. You know what I mean? It's just a very different thing. And I will tell you as somebody who works in that medical community, Shit is about to hit the fan in the Bay as well, right? It's coming. It's coming in a few weeks. I can't go into a whole bunch of detail, but like like people are gearing up for something that's really big. But I get your point. It is frustrating when you see people having barbecues or or like having sideshows or parties or whatever the case is, you know, just not believing in science. But we got to address that as a country. It's a lot of our country that don't believe in science, man. It's a whole lot, which is why Donald Trump's number. Well, they're not taught science. I mean, <laughs> like they're not taught science. You know what? Everything. Like, like how we brought it back to education. Right. right. Look at any school district, though. You know, we always pull up people's test scores. You know, we always do that to teachers and districts when they talk mess. We go look up their test scores. But we rarely do. We always talk about math and reading. We rarely look at them science scores. Science scores in America are abysmal. So don't be afraid. Like when the or don't be surprised when the public doesn't take take it you know, take it to heart when you put in science out there and, and, and don't know everything about it. We should wrap 
uh, um, yeah, uh, soon. We should wrap and everybody should, we should go around. Everybody should do kind of your last wrap up tonight. We have talked about um, um, de Blasio. We've talked about Sean King. And now we're talking about how serious um, we are taking COVID and all of this um, puts a lot of pressure on our families and, and, and our kids who are listening to this. So what's your guys wrap on a whole show? Well, you got to point to somebody, brother. Jump in, man. Jump in. I mean, you all, you, you, no, no, you, you go, uh, Charles, because you like to direct from the side saddle, man. Go ahead, bro. I mean, I'm taking your directives. Wrap it up. Uh, I mean, thank y'all so much for like joining us. This was a different platform, the way in which we did it today. So we loved all those live comments and let us know if you like this, if you like this piece. Here's what I will say to the, to the, because they'll, they'll wrap it up on the comments. To the people that's listening, if you want us to keep using this platform in addition to doing our podcast, we need two things. One, you still got to go listen to the damn podcast, okay? Go download the podcast. <laughs> that's important. Two, if you do like this form, share it. Get it out to your friends. You see, we try to get to every comment and question that we can, uh, but we got to build this platform out together because right now everybody's streaming, but we know y'all love us and we appreciate it. And just thank you for rocking with us. And shout out to Ray. I didn't agree with everything you said, but I think that I, I, I do appreciate hearing a different perspective uh, coming in the way that it does. And I hope that you continue to do it this way and let us know what brand of wine it is that you're drinking because you turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ray, what's your rap on this show, bro? So this is a, a, a Crane Lake Merlot. Communicates uh, clearly and effectively. Uh, California 2014. 2014 was a good year. It was a pre-COVID year. <laughs> Drunk as fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to cut his mic off. <laughs> like, he, this is sound like open mic like in the club. This is, it's what's it's going the on, new bro? normal, man. Yeah, it is the new normal. Go ahead, bro. Hey, what's, listen. Yeah, bro. I was just going to say. Hey, well, go ahead, so, right. hey. The, the highlight of my day today, man, I went on a, a, a 1.5 mile hour, uh, a 1.5 mile run with my son. We ran one way. We walked uh, walked back, building up lung capacity. And truth be told, for the last couple of weeks, I thought I had this shit, man. I think I think mm-hmm. I, I, th- mm-hmm. I thought I had it. Mm-hmm. Thought I had it. All, all the symptoms that that uh, all the seasonal allergy symptoms fit the bill, bro. And so. You know, I want to send prayers out to everybody that has this shit that's beating it. Everybody that's sharing their antibodies uh, with with, the, with their relatives that have it in order to help them beat it. And bro, my prayers are just I, my, my prayers are with everybody so that we as a country, doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, doesn't matter if you're a Muslim from Newark. I want us to beat this. He gonna keep calling you a Muslim, Muslim from Newark. That is hilarious, <laughs> Sharif. Go uh, ahead, bro. Go ahead, Sharif. Yeah, I, I would just say that you know, I was what I was saying was leadership has to be you have to communicate effectively, and you do that by being consistent, by being clear, by being inspirational, but also giving some kind of direction. And I think in a lot of different places, whether you look at federally or statewide, like that's been that's been lacking. And I think that feeds into the confusion. Right. When you say don't go in, don't go inside. But if you feel these symptoms, we have no place to test you. Don't come here. Just stay home. Right. Right. Like that's a lot of different things that people are like, well, 
when I have the flu, I might still not do X, Y, Z or I might do X, Y, Z or if I have a cold. Right. So it's just like a lot of different uh, things in that way. I think when you talk about the the trust, the lack of trust in institutions um, and then when you compound that with the jobs, you know, when you have high levels of poverty in in the black and, and brown communities that have to still work, have to still, uh, you know, pay for food and housing. Like all of these is what makes this um, unprecedented times because it just compounds and comp and complicates it in ways that we just have not imagined and were not prepared for. So I, I think, you know, I just I hope that we just can continue to support communities as Chris said a while ago, if you are able to give and support um, in different ways and do that. I know uh, similarly, my mother was in the hospital a little while ago and I was terrible. I almost, I didn't want her to go and it was serious enough that she needed to go. But I was just like, yo, I, you can't afford to be in there. And I couldn't visit her. Um, and so, you know, I, and I went there, I was in the lot. They're like, no, you can't come in, you know? And it mm. was folks in hazmat suits spraying outside of the hospital. Mm. Wow. And I was just like, yo, this looks like something out of a movie. You know, fortunately mm. she's home now and she's, she's uh, getting better. No, uh, doesn't seem any symptoms of anything of COVID, but you know, like it, it's real. And my prayers and thoughts go out to everyone who's dealing with it in a variety of different ways. Hey, uh, Chris, as you close, just before you close out, just last thing I wanted to just say on a business tip, like, so we had a lot of live shows that were coming and that's not happening no more, obviously, but I know that there are folks that still want us to speak to teams and things like that. Reach out and we can discuss uh, what the terms around that is. We would definitely love to. Uh, so reach out. Uh, you can DM us. You can send us a message and we'll make that happen. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, we are with Chris. Before you go, I just want to uh, miss Newell. Good job of giving uh, Ray the, the jab and the uppercut. You know what I mean? Like he would love to have you at his school if you ever, you know, applied and the honor would truly be his. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, so as always, we appreciate all of our viewers and our listeners. Um, we are doing this every week, Sundays, Sunday nights, 815 Central Time. Um, so join us. Come back. Uh, and, and we're going to expand the conversation. We also have a Patreon and we also have a Twitter. So see us on Patreon, Twitter or Facebook. Um, you can always reach us in that way. And we are game and open to have engagement with our friends, our family, our listeners in uh, in any way that that fits and works for you. In wrap, I'll, I, I will just say um, we wandered a couple of different places in this show, but the bottom line right now is we're in unprecedented times and it's no longer just a thing where we can talk in the way that we used to talk before. It's not just about teachers. It's not just about principals. It's sure as hell ain't about schools. The schools are, are closed and the schools have now given you your children back. They've given the community the children back and the community is going to have to figure out um, um, what they're going to do with them. I just want to give one example because I'm trying to slide this into every time I get to talk because it's a fear of mine that I have that I don't think anybody's going to pay attention to. We have what I said earlier about the number of African-American people that are in low, low end work um, and very highly feminized work. You have a lot of people that if they get this virus, they are the sole breadwinner in a house um, with with the child where they're the sole parent that cares for that that child. And we're going to need a solution that we don't have right now if we start having moms who work in low in low end industry work. Um, what are we going to do with their kids and for their kids if, if this all goes south on us and, and they, they we have a wave of this middle class families are going to have to start opening up their houses and their checkbooks. Right. And, and actually, I think we should start right now. 
we should start thinking about um, what we can do to start giving right now. This has to be um, the response. The most radical thing you can do right now, I think, is to give where, you know, people really need the help. Um, again, thanks to our listeners. Thank to our to our viewers. You know how to reach us. And we'll see you again next Sunday at 815. Sounds good. Peace. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.